0: El sorteo Truck or Treat de 250 mil dólares continúa hasta el 29 de octubre en Empire City Casino. Hasta 625 jugadores afortunados ganarán una parte de más de 250 mil dólares en efectivo y premios, incluyendo una camioneta nueva. Los sorteos serán
1: efectuados el sábado 29 de octubre desde las 6 p.m. hasta las 10 p.m. Un ganador se llevará a casa un Chevy Silverado nuevo, solo en Empire City Casino.
0: Debe tener 18 años de edad o más para jugar juegos de la Lotería de Nueva York. Por favor juegue con responsabilidad. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. And it looks like we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, the gut reaction, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, and he is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, man, just when you thought an ugly game, A, B, just when you thought the Broncos had her in the bag, this team has forgotten how to win. I mean... Malik Reed basically by sheer force had to secure a victory for these Denver Broncos in the clutch, but we'll talk more about Malik Reed here in a minute, but what was your gut reaction? The Broncos at the very least snap their four game losing streak. And should it be that big of a surprise act? Because after all, this is a sub 500 opponent. Exactly. We talked
2: about this on KK for those of us who joined us, for those of you who joined us at halftime, um, it's, it was never going to be easy for Denver, and they have to learn how to win, but a win is a win is a win in the NFL, and I see some people saying it, it feels like a loss. Well, it's not. This is the Broncos' M.O. They beat up on bad teams like the Jaguars, the Giants, the Jets, and they crumble to uh, better competition like the Ravens, the Steelers, and dare I say even the Raiders and Cleveland Browns, but I, I thought the Broncos would win. But watching this game, and I feel bad for my eyes that I had to put up with this for 60 minutes, Chad. As do you, I'm sure. This should have been a blowout victory. The Broncos should have ran away with this game. It, it not even close. Not come down to the final two minutes. Not having to, you know, recover fumbles and victory formations and close out the game down to the last second. Again, it's I, I don't want to be hypocritical and be contradictory. A win is a win is a win, but this should have been more convincing. And all it's going to do though is give Vic Fangio, Teddy Bridgewater, Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon a false sense of security
1: for the next couple weeks. It buys them a little more rope than they had. Pat Shermer, man. I mean, dude, the game plan that he called and devised today and the execution thereof by Teddy Bridgewater was at times just cringe, man, cringe. There's, there's a lot to get to. Let's grab this quick super chat, though, from Tom up in Canada. What's going on, brother? He says, all we're going to hear from Fangio is Teddy this, Teddy that, like he's uh, Tom Brady in the pocket, OMG, but Teddy did okay, just okay. Thanks, guys. Zach, real quick, here's the final stat line for Teddy Bridgewater. He went 19 of 26 for 213 yards and a touchdown with a rating of 109.9. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner
2: find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
1: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. He had a couple nice throws. The one
2: to uh, Cortland Sutton in the first half comes to mind. Again, he he's never really the reason why the Broncos lose or win. Teddy is just kind of there, and he played very much Teddy Bridgewater football. Speaking of Tom Brady, though, guess who just beat Brady right now? That would be Trevor Simeon filling in for an injured Jameis Winston in New Orleans, either going up 36-27 with a minute change left in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought Teddy was okay, but I thought it was normal Teddy ball, normal Pat Shermer ball. I, I more so like the running game. I like what Melvin Gordon showed. I like what, of course, Javante Williams showed. I wish they would commit to them uh, going forward a little more often, but, you know, again, in a win, and Teddy didn't do anything to lose the game, you can't say too much bad about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's the type of performance, and then we'll grab Chris here. It was the type of quarterback performance that allows you to eke by a two and five opponent, or two and whatever they are. Two and six now. Uh Yeah, two and six opponent. Against the creme de la creme, it's not going to cut the mustard. This we know. This we've seen, right, for the previous four games. Uh Chris, what's going on, brother? One of our longtime bona fide Mount Rushmore superstars here at Mile High Huddle. Jumping in with a symbolic super chat, as is his uh, tradition on the gut reaction. Thank you, bro. He says, man... The Broncos don't even know how to win properly anymore. I wonder why. Yeah, I mean, they have forgotten. You know, they've forgotten. Um, it's like Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. Forgotten, you know, where the Entwives went. The Broncos forgot how to win. It's uh, it's alarming. But, hey, let's talk some positives because this is a win, Zach. This was a victory. The Denver Broncos clawed their way back to five hundred. A couple of studs real quick. First and foremost, you know, Malik Reed doesn't get all that much love from Mile High Huddle or our show, but I got to tip my cap to him because Vaughn Miller, as an example, not in the game today, as we know. The the ankle injury he suffered in Cleveland kept him out. But even though he got out to a relatively hot start, did Vaughn, he kind of faded during the losing streak. And none of his big plays really came in the clutch. His sacks and whatnot never haven't come, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back, I'm pretty sure, in the clutch. It's been a while since the Broncos have had a pass rusher that when you need it, in the key moments of the game, comes through. And Malik did that today, and I got to tip my cap to him. Props, he had two sacks. One was a strip sack that basically completely uh, interrupted what modest momentum Washington was, was trying to ride.
2: I thought the entire Broncos linebacking core, as decimated as they were, they didn't have any of their week two starters, not AJ, not Josie, not Vaughn, not Bradley Chubb. I mean, Kenny Young played well, a lot of energy, a lot of speed. I, I, I think um, Baron Browning played well off the edge. He's kind of cursed with injuries, but I thought the Broncos uh, linebacking core, Jonathan Cooper, by the way, is a keeper. I mean, I'm not ready to say long-term answer for Bradley Chubb or Vaughn Miller just yet, but definitely a keeper going forward. It's worth noting that Washington was down three starters on the O.L. So, you know, the, the whole Broncos front seven looked good. I mean, props to Shelby Harris, whose hand belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Props to Draymond getting some pressure. Props to Deshaun Williams. I mean, they were... Bill Collar deserves a game ball uh, for this victory today. I thought the entire Broncos front seven, a little bit of the secondary. Pat Sertan played well. Bryce Callahan played well before his injury. Chad, speaking of that, one thing they forgot... To they forgot to know how to do other than win is stay healthy Garrett Bowles went down Bryce Callahan went down Baron Browning picked up a shoulder I mean this team is decimated and it calls into question once more what is that training regimen what is going on
1: there yeah I mean even the television broadcast took took some time today to lament and really focus on just how brutal it's been for the Denver Broncos and you know we wish we could say it was just this year but you know, it's been for the better part of the last couple years uh, or few years, but especially the last two seasons, Jesse jumping in. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, wake up Fangio. Can the OC, can the OC after that last series? Yeah. I mean, look, a handoff. Okay. First down, you know, you do what you got to do there. I get it. But whatever that second down play was, why would you throw the ball there? I get it. You're thinking, but if, it, if you connect, if you succeed, that's the dagger. That's officially putting them away. Well, look, dude, you already got the dagger. The dagger was the big stop. The dagger was Malik Reed's forced fumble, which put him in a fourth and forever, and they threw it up and Justin Simmons picked it off. That was the dagger. Your job as the offensive coordinator now is to kill clock as much of it as you possibly can. And if you can't move the chains and they're able to uh, you know stop you on third down, cool flipped the field position. Now they have no first down, or pardon me, now they have no timeouts, Zach, and they got to go the friggin' distance to to even tie the game. And yet Pat Shermer tries to get cute. Then you got Melvin Gordon fumbling on third down. It was, like, it was just emblematic, Zach, of really just the issues the offense continues to have.
2: I, for a normal, I, let me not say normal, let me say a playoff contending team, an elite team, After that Simmons pick, the game was a wrap. And in fact, I closed, I I turned off the broadcast because I thought the game was well in hand for Denver at that point. Little did I know, they almost gave the game away in the final seconds to Washington. They have to learn how to win, but this is not week one, week two either, Chad. This is week eight now. And if you're still learning how to close out a game and you can't even kill the clock properly in the fourth quarter... You mentioned the word emblematic. I think that's perfect, and that's not going to cut it against a better team. Starting in Week 9 against Dallas, I mean, again, you can beat up on lesser competition. When that competition ratchets up, you got to be on your P's and Q's all four quarters, and the Broncos seem to wait once more until the fourth quarter today to really get it going. It it just seems like in the first, second quarter, even in the third quarter, they came out when three and out and Washington marched down the field. They just take too long to wake up. When they do, they play good ball. But they have to sustain that for all four quarters, pedal to the metal from the
1: opening whistle. It's like you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. You know, in terms of the streakiness at which this team actually plays well as a collective, you can't count on it. You can't bank on it. You, I mean, and that's the difference that separates cellar dwellers and doldrum teams from those who are, you know, plus 500 and angling for the playoffs is they might not be dominant 24-7 every single minute of a 60 minute game, but Zach, they are executing. And I'll tell you this. I wouldn't say by any stretch of the imagination, these Denver Broncos beat up on the Washington football team today. Like they came within face palming just this far inches from an embarrassing potential outcome. If after that, Melvin Gordon fumble, they get a touchdown. Oh man. Could you imagine? But they didn't. So, Hey, that water, it's under the bridge. Lawrence Rivera, thank you for being with us, brother. All your stars, appreciate it. He says, Trevor Simeon killing it today with a real coach. (laughs) With a real coach. I think about Pinocchio, right? Being a, wanting to be a real boy. Uh, Against Tampa, it's the coaching. The coaching, absolutely. I mean, Zach, drop it. Chad, the Tampa Bay
2: Buccaneers shut down Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but they allowed Trevor Simeon to beat them and to hang 36 points on them after Jameis went down or how many points he led them to, it is absolutely all in the coaching. And when you compare, I've said this before, I use many different examples, I'll use him, when you compare Sean Payton to Pat Shermer, not a fair fight. If you gave Pat uh, short uh, Sean Payton the Broncos offense, they would be a lot, lot better. It wouldn't require a, a couple of fluky
1: kneel downs at the end and a fumble recovery to ice out the game, put it that way. Uh, we got a question real quick from uh, Twitch. I'm checking out the back end on Twitch. Uh, from Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight, he wants to know, in light of the win, Zach, do you foresee the Broncos still being sellers at the trade deadline, which is, you know, uh, Tuesday? I didn't think they were ever going to be sellers to begin with, though. I mean, really, who
2: are they going to sell? Kyle Fuller, Von Miller were the only ones that have come up in trade Reports and speculation, but of those two, even Kyle Fuller is the most realistic, if only because he's benched now and the Broncos are getting better play uh from Darby and Pat Sertan. But now that Ka- uh, Bryce Callahan went down, they kind of have to keep Kyle Fuller around. So I don't think they're going to be buyers or sellers. They might add a player if they think they can be in the playoff hunt. And at four and four through week eight, they still are technically. We might not think they're going to make it as a wild card or maybe even an AFC West champion if a miracle presides over Dove Valley. But they're still on the hunt technically, Chad. And I think that's the op—that's the modus operandi that George Payton's going to have entering week nine. Four and four, a lot of season left to go.
1: Just an FYI for our great Twitch community. There is an opportunity just like our YouTube Super Chat superstars and our super supporters on Facebook. If you want to support what we're doing here, there is an option through PayPal on our Twitch page if you guys want to check that out. Shout out to Black Knight for helping us to figure out how setting that, how to set that up. Um, Andrew Lampy, what's going on, buddy? He says in the immortal words of Vance Joseph, "We're back." Yeah, hey, a win's a win. It is right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see though one of the other um, NFL cliches, Zach, whether it holds true this week, which is winning cures all. I don't know that there's enough penicillin in this particular victory to cure the Broncos of what is evidently still some pretty serious um illnesses.
2: Back and having the time of his
1: life, Chad. Word of Sergio Dip out there, wherever you are. Uh Cody, what's going on, buddy? Appreciate the super chat. He says, Gordon and Teddy just wanted my fantasy defense to patent the stat uh my stats. Ha ha. Yes, indeed. Uh, here's Bracken Schweider. Schweeter? Schweeter. I'm going to say Schweeter because the eye comes first. Welcome. Connect with us on Twitter. Appreciate you uh, supporting the show. He says, My thoughts a win is a win, but the same problems still exist. I love the linebacker play today. Kenny Young seems to have brought some life to the team. Here's what I noticed about Kenny Young A, the dude cuts the mustard. like he gets it done. Chips down, Young delivers. But like you mentioned, Zach, it was really good observation, which is you could sense kind of an attitude juice, like just, you know, like, like a Derek Wolf, don't ever, you know, mess with us, right? Like that kind of a mentality. And maybe it's uh, like we talked about last week. Our hope was coming from a winning club in LA with the Rams, that that kind of, I'm a winner mindset could rub off on his teammates, even if it was through osmosis and, I don't know. I mean, it took him. Uh, the, the defense really wasn't the culprit today in terms of this coming down to the wire. This was the offense, once again, kind of mailing it in. So I got to say, so far so good on Kenny Young. I, we don't have all the, the uh, snap statistics, and it'll be interesting to see how some of his grades come out, including from uh, our Eric Trickle, who his grades usually come out day after the game. Might be tonight, but probably tomorrow. But, Zach, real quick, let me just tell you how Kenny's uh, debut finished for the Broncos. He uh, ended up with four combined tackles. All right. But he didn't play 100% snaps. Um, Four combined tackles, one of which was a solo, which was a phenomenal play where he freaking shucked the blocker right in the box. Boom, head on, took the guy down. But hey, let's also talk real quick, Zach. Baron Browning saw a lot of action today. And he played, you know, there were some "Mm," moments and some young guy moments, but I liked what I saw from him. Today, I actually. Had a little bit of hope for this team's off-ball linebacker situation. Then we'll we'll uh, uh we'll grab Shane here. Yeah, the thing about
2: Kenny Young, Chad, to to your point, it was like the first. It might have been the first play of the game. Fox had a great shot uh, showing the Broncos' defensive huddle and just the way that Kenny Young kind of carries himself he the way he walks it wasn't like Connor mcgregor strutting out there chad but he you know he had that swagger to him and no other player on the broncos defense healthy or not really has that swagger so i thought he made an instant impact so did steven weatherly by the way had a big sack off the edge so kenny young and steven weatherly making their broncos debuts both made impact plays both helped the broncos defense vanquish washington tell me again how george payton is the problem by the way in, in, in terms of Baron Browning, um, I, I would like to see him play more off-ball than edge, but I thought um, he was explosive. And it, it, he gave something, along with Kenny Young, what they haven't had in the linebacking core, even with Von Miller healthy, and that's speed. It's just sideline-to-sideline side speed. Baron Browning would have had a sack on that first-half uh, Heineken scramble right up the middle. He kind of overplayed it a little bit, but he got around the corner. I mean, that's impressive. So it wasn't the best, most convincing output by the Broncos linebacker, linebacking unit. But for one game, based on what we saw and based on the fact that two of these guys were making their debuts with the team, I, I come away
1: fairly impressed. I got to tell you, and then we'll grab Shane here. Who Actually, I'll just grab Shane first. Appreciate you, brother. All those stars, you to man. He says, we won this game because the defense stepped up and made plays. The offense was boring and pedestrian. Good word. Good word to describe, <clears throat> pardon me, this uh, this offense today. But, Zach, how much longer? And, Michael, it's great to see you too, bro. Appreciate you being with us tonight. You demand all the stars, all the support every single night in the chat, every single night after Twitter tipping your cap, shouting us out, shouting you out. Love you, buddy. But, Zach, I'm tired of seeing Kareem Jackson come flying down into the box like a heat-seeking missile only to miss the tackle. I'm tired of seeing it, dude. Like, at a certain point, you got to wonder if you've reached the point of diminishing returns as far as, hey, maybe it's time to really – and you saw Caden Stearns out there quite a bit today, but I think this was clear evidence that he might not have, obviously, the uh, veteran experience, maybe some of the veteran football savvy, but the dude – I mean, Kareem Jackson is, is proving to be more of a liability with every single snap that he plays for the Broncos.
2: That was supposed to be his calling card, too, was run support. And for a while, it it was, but it really trailed off, as you're seeing. And uh, when you can't even make a tackle near the line of scrimmage, when you allow a defender or uh, an opposing player to get to the second level the third level, uh, that's replacement level play. And there was a report that came out, I think it was Ian Rappaport, that said uh, George Payton would answer his phone if any team would and has inquired about um, Kareem Jackson. It would take a lot to move him, but the Broncos should start that youth movement. I've been saying that for a while. I said it for Jamar Johnson when they drafted him, and I shifted my tone to Caden Stearns when it became apparent that Stearns had more year one juice. They have to get younger at that spot. Kareem was always a holdover. I wasn't crazy about him coming back, to be honest with you, Chad. I wanted the Broncos to go younger there, and I think the sooner they do, the better
1: off they'll be opposite Simmons. Shoguki TV, what's good? Now I know who you are on Twitter so we'll we'll be able to stay connected but thank you for that buddy he says the team lives for another day mhh for life love you buddy relo takeover uh jumping in take over my my apologies he says malik reed mvp of today's game i don't care what anyone says i'm not going to argue with you on that i will not pick nits if you know if you're gonna pick a nit just for the sake of conversation that's why we're all here i'd maybe throw in shelby harris as a as a contender for that but uh Tip the cap to Malik Reed, man. When the chips were down, you don't have Vaughn. You don't have Chubb. You need a play. He came up with it. And what I loved about it, Zach, in particular, is it wasn't – and he, you know, coverage sack and and Malik's motor wins out yet again. Both times, man, he just made a great play with a good combination of different pass rush tools, kind of setting up his guy to win one-on-one. It wasn't a coverage sack. It wasn't a motor sack. I mean, it did take motor, obviously, but it was a straight-up, hey, 1v1. Who wins? Malik.
2: You can make the case that maybe Melvin Gordon deserves MVP or uh, maybe Simmons, who had a a nice uh, breakup on a fourth-down call, uh, fourth-down play that Washington ran in the first half along with the game-sealing interception – uh, but Malik was, you know, he finally showed that production off the edge that made him the team's leading sacker last year. And he always brought that to the table. And it's nice to see that a, uh, a Fangio coach game or a Fangio game plan finally got the most from one of his players. And to do so without having Von Miller opposite you, with having Jonathan Cooper opposite you, it's impressive. So
1: my hat's off to Malik Reed for sure. It's almost like Malik, I get it, Von wasn't in the game, so that probably played the bigger role. In what I'm about to say, but it's almost like Malik read some of the press clippings out there, including from MHH, like from the podcast to the written stuff. It was, hey, after Jonathan Cooper spelled uh, Vaughn in Cleveland and came up with five pressures and was basically impacting the game on almost every snap. Maybe it's time to sit him down when Vaughn comes back and uh, sit, read down and let Cooper play either way. Malik Reed got her done today. So hats off to him. Bryce Mindset. What's good, buddy? Appreciate you. Connect with us on Twitter, Bryce. And if we already are connected or you're following us on Twitter, do one of these in our mentions and let us know who you are because so often the YouTube handle is different than the Twitter handle. And, you know, we follow back our super chat superstars. So he says, Does Bryce, one of the ugliest wins I've ever seen? Nothing changes. The coaching staff is still sitting on a volcano about to erupt. We still. Need to be sellers. I'm not so convinced on the notion of you need to sell because frankly, this team doesn't have all that much in terms of sellable assets. I mean, Von Miller, do you really want a countenance though? Getting rid of Vaughn because I get it, he's banged up and he had a little bit of a dry spell there. But in his age 32 season, Zach, he's still looking pretty chipper out there. Kyle Fuller is about the only guy I would say, yeah, if you can find a taker for him and you can get anything trade the cat but everyone else if you're going to still try and make a go of this season I mean with the bodies dropping as regularly as they are in Denver you need as many horses as you can get well not only is Vaughn
2: expensive and going to be a free agent after the season but he was injured and didn't play in this game right before the trade deadline so what team would give up a second or third round draft pick at at the least for someone like Vaughn and we, we we pose this on Thursday's pod Is George Payton going to be the one that would trade away Von Miller, a franchise icon, future Hall of Famer? I don't see it. I mean, maybe a Kareem Jackson trade, but I don't think Fangio is ready to give Caden Stearns full-time snaps. And you can't trade away Kyle Fuller now after losing likely Bryce Callahan for the entire season, if not,
1: you know, much of it. We got one here from James Grossman, one of our great super supporters on Facebook, saying the defense finally getting consistent pressure as well as turnovers. Uh, which were the difference go Broncos. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked about Malik Zach, you mentioned Weatherly and that was definitely not something I saw coming. Like when, when that trade was made, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, you get a little edge depth and a little edge experience now, especially with Vaughn being hurt. But I mean, the dude played quite a bit in Minnesota didn't have a sack. That was his first sack of the year. I didn't expect it to come in game one, especially with so few reps. I mean, he had a week on the team. So, Hats off to him. And Brian Anderson, another newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you, my dog. Two good of to them. See you, bro. Two of them. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Well, we'll keep an eye out for any comments that you might have in this stream, bud. Um, all right. Let me see here. I'm just perusing, seeing what what's on everybody's mind. <laughs> Some good stuff here, guys. All right. Let me, let me just get to some content real quick. We'll, uh, we'll catch up here in a minute. Um, besides Kenny Young, Zach, did you – I mean, we, we talked about – he's not a newcomer, obviously, but Albert O returning to the lineup, Jerry Judy returning to the lineup after being on injured reserve. Albert O, when his number gets called, Zach, you don't got to – you never have to worry, wonder, question whether he'll be equal to his opportunity. What I saw from Albert O today, especially juxtaposed with what we've seen – From Noah Fant, not only today, but in this whole season. Like, I was high on Noah Fant. I was really high on Noah Fant. But I think it's time to start taking some of those one snaps and giving them to Albert O. Because when his number gets called, he steps up. And one thing I love that is very different than what we've seen from Noah, when Albert gets hit, he doesn't go down on first contact, at least not willingly. And in the case of Noah Fant, he willingly hits the turf, you know, if he you, if you passes by the defender, the defender goes, down. I, I mean, anyway, long story short, I want to see more Alberto.
2: I, I'm so glad that you brought this up, Chad, because I thought I was the only one thinking it. If it were up to Teddy or Vic or Pat, I do believe Alberto would be the starter and Noah Fant would be the number two. And honestly, there's a case to be made for Alberto's reliability. Like you mentioned, he always catches it for the most part, except for the drop against Pittsburgh. He always stays on his feet, falls forward, gets some sweet, sweet yak uh, production. And he's, uh, I think, a better blocker than Noah Fant, who, if not whiffing, is drawing a penalty for holding or some other... You know, a legal formation or false start. I mean, Noah fans in the doldrums right now. He's not having a good season. Um, so, And Alberto it seems to be a, a preferred target of Teddy Bridgewater. So I think as long as that chemistry remains, I think that's going to be the guy he goes to. And as long as Noah Fan keeps kind of uh, brain farting,
1: how could you rely on him? Muhammad Badri, what's going on, bro? How are you? How's baby Malik? Thank you for the super chat. He is one of our Mount Rushmore superstars. His message is Hello, rock stars. We finally get a win. Enjoy the win. Just like we were telling you those first two, three weeks when the Broncos were rolling over sub 500 teams and everyone was throwing out the yeah, but, you know, skepticism, misgivings, whatever. We were saying, Hey, you don't know how long it'll last. So savor it, enjoy it, right? While your team is winning. And that's my ultimate message to everybody this week is, hey, was ugly. God only knows what it's going to look like next week in Dallas, but this was a win. Enjoy it. Savor it. For all you know, it's the last one he's the the Broncos are going to be able to put in the standings this year.
2: That's definitely a good point. I mean, I mentioned this on KK. There's not too many beatable teams or gimme games left on the Broncos schedule. Washington was one of them. Detroit's another. But Chad, if they play like this against Dallas next week, they're going to get their heads kicked in with the return of Dak Prescott and a defense playing uh, better than many expected. I shudder to think What Micah Parsons can do to Bobby Massey or Garrett Bowles if he plays against Teddy Bridgewater, who is way more of a statue in the pocket nowadays, Chad, than he was earlier in the season. I mean, he literally stands there and just takes sacks and takes hits. I feel bad for him in a sense, but enjoy the win, Muhammad. Enjoy the win, everyone. You mentioned how until how long could last. That would be probably a week if they play like they did today.
1: Real quick, as we're grabbing Paul here, just want to let everybody know. As In case you missed it last week, we did hit our goal on Facebook. So tomorrow night show, Monday night, the Aftermath Pod, we will be doing the raffle for both Facebook and YouTube. Facebook is decided as far as the goal. Uh, The stars everyone is continuing to put in between when we hit goal and when this month ends, obviously, is only increasing people's odds for the drawing, uh, for the raffle. But here's where things stand on YouTube, all right? We're raffling off a... Patrick Sertan, the second jersey, which, by the way, again, another really good game from the rookie. Like, He does not look like a rookie out there easily, without question, this team's best cornerback. Um, But we're raffling off a PS2 jersey to the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of October, as well as a little bit of swag that we're going to send to each kind of – we'll raffle each tier and send uh, do a drawing there tomorrow night as well. But here's your top five, all right? And this is probably – this will change based on what tonight's final uh, tally is, but this is a good indication of who's probably going to finish the month in the top five. Mark from Georgia, aka Mark Langley, aka the God King Mark. Michaela, the Duchess Parker, at number two. Naj Altoff, aka Shot of Life Altoff, at number three. The Queen, Christy, at number four. And Seth Harmon, at number five. And then you can just see a few of the names just outside, like Chris, uh, BG. Haven't seen BG for a while. Uh, Dale. We love Dale. Dale's freaking legendary. Uh, Aaron Lynch, Shane Daniels, Zeus, <clears throat> Zeus, and Kayaka, Simon, Broncos 16 to one. So anyway, that's it gives everyone kind of a feel. Now let's grab Paul. He says, and thank you, Paul. Nice win, but the front office will be in full denial and stand Pat on Tuesday. We only beat four bad teams. Pat Shermer needs pink slip ASAP. I agree. I think even with a win, Vic Fangio is, by sticking with Pat Shermer at four and four, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. And it'd be, it'd be one thing, Zach, if you didn't have an experienced play caller waiting in the wings, but you do. You've got Mike Shula who could.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. Paid for by America First Legal. Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar raisers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here. Home to great healthcare. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. With doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine. A new center for community health. And endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay
1: amazing easily slide into calling the plays in Pat Shermer's scheme, which he did as the New York giants offensive coordinator for two years before he took this job. I mean, Chad, I had
2: a spiritual awakening on that Jerry Judy reverse and the way they were using him in, in, you know, pre-snap motion. It's so sad that the offense is so vanilla that I get literally physically excited to see something as ordinary as that. It does feel like a loss in a win, and it very much was an ugly victory, but you have to you, you have to beat the bad teams on your schedule. It's the same thing Chad and I said against the Giants, against the Jaguars, against the Jets. Good teams beat the bad teams. And the Broncos might not be a good team, but they're good enough to beat the bad teams. But all it does, to your point, Paul, I mentioned this earlier, is giving George Payton a false sense of security and giving Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon plausible deniability to say, listen, look, we rally from a four-game losing streak. We're at 500. The Chargers lost today. The Chiefs are in the doldrums right now. I mean, the season's still ahead of us. But it's just, to me, smearing lipstick all over the pig, Chad. No matter what cliche or expression you want to use, it, to me, delays the
1: inevitable. And that's, I think, the coaching staff getting pink-slipped. I don't disagree, but I am going to turn on... Uh, here's my cup. I'm going I'm to tell you it's half full. And I'm going to say, you never know at what point in the season for a football team there is a turning point. And so, hey, until proven otherwise, let's hope for now that this was some sort of a, okay, exhale, all right, we're back on back on point, you know, kind of getting back in the driver's seat. The juice received from Kenny Young, the juice received from Weatherly, getting Vaughn back, you know, getting Judy back. I mean, Judy today, we talked about Albert O's impact, who, by the way, Albert O finished with, Three catches on three targets for 34 yards. His long went for 19. But Jerry Judy caught all four of his targets for 39 yards. Plus, you know, he had the one carry. didn't get any yardage out of it. But Jerry Judy, I think, Zach, it was a nice little easing him back into action. And I can't wait to see what he can do next week. But, hey, as I mean, you got a who's who list of guys chilling on injured reserve. Only a couple of them were season ending. Albert, uh, or pardon me, uh, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, done. You're not seeing them again this year. But Zach, Bradley Chubb will be back before you know it. I mean, we could. I should probably bring up a list to show everyone who's exactly on injured reserve to give you a little bit of hope in terms of who's coming back, could be coming back this year. Gilbert jumping in. Thank you, Gilbert. Connect on Twitter, buddy. Welcome. He says, the commentators even mentioned today how Pat Shermer still hasn't involved more of our playmakers in our offense, specifically Javante and Gordon.
2: Uh, K.J. Hamler is another guy, unfortunately not coming back. But you're right. right, they have a lot of players that will come back at some point. Um, I, to me, what Jerry Judy proved was that he's healthy. I thought he was going to be a decoy because they weren't getting him involved, shockingly enough, until the second quarter later in the game started rolling, and he proved his ankles fine. And that the last catch that he had, Chad, when he it was a third down, near the left sideline, and he just shook free from his defender and made a nice catch and kept the drive moving, and that allowed the Broncos to go ahead and, and stay ahead. So I think you should make a concerted effort to get your playmakers the ball, whether it's Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, the running backs, and that's the problem. They don't lack for talent. They lack for coaching, and they lack for game plans where, okay, Jerry, you're going to torch this, this. I almost said the R word, the Washington defense that is giving up and seeding yard after yard after yard through the air, I think last ranked in the NFL against the pass or near the bottom. We're going to utilize you as that all-star player that's going to just destroy that that Washington secondary, and it looked like he was capable of that. So it gives me hope going forward, but what drags that hope down in perpetuity is the presence of Pat Shermer, the presence of this coaching staff. As long as they remain,
1: these things are going to keep happening. Naj, thank you, brother. He says, hey, guys, hey, bros. Offense was below average again, but the defense finally stepped up. Simmons, Malik, Shelby, and Peyton's new pickups showed up big. Fangio on the sideline uh, sickens me. He goes on to say, emotionless and looking scared always. I love the win. And Randy saying here, thank you, Randy. Love you, buddy. He says, OMG, that win was painful. Bring on the Cowboys. Ha-ha. And hashtag, Fire Vic and Pat. Michaela, the Duchess. What's going on? How are you today? We need Michaela's energy. We need her juice in this chat right now. She says, "This game should have been a blowout. If we had a decent or a half-decent offense, shameful." By the way, Kenny Young replacement had an interception. How are you going to root? Uh, how are you going to root next week, Zach? You know, for those of you who don't know. Zach has, uh, holds a job as well covering the NFL, covering the Dallas Cowboys for Heavy.com. So this is why Michaela's asking. I'm going to root for good football, Michaela. I just want to see a good game. I have my own
2: reservations about how the game could go, but um, it's easy for me to cover just one game next week. The team's playing each other the first time since 2017 when uh, old Trev led a blowout. It was at 42-17 against Dallas and Denver. Great game. Um, I just remember that to Talib pick six that took like 90 minutes to yeah, cross the goal <laughs> this line. This is great. Then he did the, the, the Denver, the mile-high leap into the crowd. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It, again, though, Michaela, it should have been a blowout, and if they play this way against Dallas next week, even with the returning Prescott, who's not playing tonight, um, it's not going to be pretty for Denver. And all the worries and all the criticisms that we've been saying amid
1: this four-game losing streak, now deceased, will come roaring back to life. Broncos, Bama Broncos, Brandon Harden, who starts every single Super Chat with Bama Broncos. Then he goes on to say, why does it take Pat Shermer until the fourth quarter uh, to start it to playing?" The whole team. Yeah, I mean, it's... Coaching. It's a puzzle, my friend. Wish we could tell you. Wish we had the answer. Dave Glassman. What's going on, Dave? Hey, by the way, Dave, I know you have slow getting up, Broncos book club is coming back here very, very soon. I was intending for it to be, uh, to begin again this weekend, but had some things getting in the way with the fam, uh, on Saturday, Halloween, all that stuff. So my apologies, but it'll be back on this coming week and uh, we'll catch up. So Dave says 14 year anniversary for Mr. And Mrs. Glassman. Congrats. Nice. Hey, hats off, dude. That's an achievement. Congrats to you, man. Yeah. He says, thank you. Football gods for the dub. They christened your anniversary. With a symbolic gesture, did these football gods you must be paying your tithing to the football gods on Halloween, no less, in front of PFM, who had his uh number inducted into the ring of fame? That good was day. cool, that was cool. Uh, Brian Van Vorst, BVV, what's good, buddy? He says, Now nah, the real MVP for us is Ron Rivera for starting a kicker named It I know we were talking about it. uh, who gets his uh kicks blocked all the time. Hashtag MHH, appreciate it. Thank you for the stars, Morgan. Really means a lot, buddy. Uh, Broncos for life, 208. I'm guessing uh, an Idahoian. Is that how you say it? Idahoian, I think. Idahoian. Idahoian. Ida. Got to be Idahoian. No, Idahoan, right? Idahoan. He says, good win. I'll take it. Although I want better draft capital, I'll take the win. Still want Kellen Moore and a new quarterback. Well, ask and you shall receive. We're talking about the football gods here knock and it just might uh you know be answered
2: well I mean we've been pounding or I have at least the Kellen Moore drum for quite a while and next week will be a nice up close and personal uh scouting report on Kellen Moore to see what he does against the Denver defense I think that can be a big sore point Kellen Moore
1: versus Vic Fangio that's not going to be pretty more than likely at least on paper all right let me catch up here real quick I got um Some of these guys, because it's hot and heavy tonight, we're not going to be able to flash, but I'm still going to read and get to everyone. Kuro says, what's with Fant's penalties? Also, go Simeon. Yeah, I don't know, man. Fant has uh, really, he's been one of this season's biggest disappointments to me because he's been healthy. But, you know, part of it you can explain away by the just lackluster quarterback play and lackluster game planning, offensive play calling. But the buck also has to stop at the feet of Noah fan right. when he has been given his opportunities. He just isn't maximizing them. I mean, even today, like we mentioned, Zach three targets, Alberto caught them all. And each time he caught a pass, man, he was trying to make things happen. It seems like Noah, like his first thought when he does make the catches, how do I forestall the least amount of potential risk or damage to my body? That's, and maybe that's unfair, but that's that's how I perceive it. First of all, I'll
2: always be a Trevor fan, a huge fan of Mr. Skittle's jacket himself. I, he's just a gamer. I was surprised he's still hanging around. I didn't know he's the backup in New Orleans, but he comes in and does his job. I'll always be a Simeon fan. In terms of Noah Fant, I, I we're both huge fans of him on this podcast, Chad, and he does still have Pro Bowl potential, I think, in a different offense, different quarterback, different scheme. But there's something about him that's lacking this year. Passion, intensity, focus, wherewithal. There's something that's not set to 100 in Noah Fant's brain and body, and that's what's contributing to the penalties. That's always a discipline issue when you have false start penalties and technique issues, stuff like that. He's not doing something right during the week, but then you have to drill down as to why he's not doing something right. Psychologically, I just think he's very kind of, not very, but a little checked out of
1: this year's offense. Joe Spath, what's going on, buddy? Thank you for the super chat. Very generous. Joe says, I know they won't fire the coaches after a win, but is there any easier assignment than being the defensive coordinator facing the Broncos each week? Must be nice knowing the team you're facing can't sniff 30 points. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, man, it's a a layup. That's one of the things we were talking about on the uh, Mile High Roundtable on Friday, right, was, you know, it's easy to circle Washington and say, hey, here's a get-right team for the Denver Broncos, but it's been the other way around. Teams have been circling Denver as the get-right opponent. Uh, Michael, appreciate you, bro. He says, run the ball with Javante and Melvin Moore. Yes, indeed. Let's let's really quick. Oh, man, Seth, you demand. Thank you so much, bro. I think that pretty well solidified your top five status for the month of October, but thank you, bro. He says, it took a month, but it was good to see another win. Zach, to the point Michael made. 10 carries for Melvin tonight, today. Uh, Nine carries for Pookie. Melvin got 47 yards, so he averaged 4.7 yards per clip. Uh, Did score on the ground and did score through the air. And uh, Javante, nine for 35, but he had a long of 14, which was three more than Gordon's long. So these guys are putting up, they're producing when they get the rock. Like something needs, it's just a paradigm shift. The horses this team has... If you had a more innovative vision and when I say visionary, I'm not talking about the prophet Moses here. All right. We're not talking about burning bushes and working miracles. We're talking about a coach who can, you know, recognize an X and an O on a on a whiteboard and you know scheme accordingly. But just a coach that with a little bit more vision, a little bit more ingenuity, you could do something. I mean, Mike Shanahan with these running backs. And this offensive line, I'm telling you right now, you'd have a very prolific rushing attack. So, uh, But the problem is that you have a offensive coordinator who wants to run 11 personnel. I forget the clip. It's like 90% of the time he runs three wide and one running back, and it's just not so easy to run out of that formation. Uh, Corey H. jumping in again, too, by the way. Thank you, Corey. He says, um, actually, this is Corey's first of the night, right? But either way, Corey, legendary superstar here at MHH. Love you, bro. There are deals to be made out there. Teams have needs. Find a way to help those teams and be sellers. That's George Payton's job. Time for George to earn his money. I don't know. I don't really see it that way as far as selling. I don't. I think right now you would be remiss as the GM of this team to go, all right, we just got back to 500. Now let's sell some of our best players. I don't know. I just don't. It's not even so much that I don't think it's per se the right mentality. I just think guys you're you're speaking into the void to expect a big sell from this team after they just clawed back to five hundred.
2: Well in in regard to Javante and Melvin, you have other coaches out there and coordinators like Sean McVay They're drawing up, scheming up plays on tablets. Pat Schirmer is using chalkboard. I mean, he's just living in a different age
1: and where he can't utilize. I guess, Zach, that is one thing that he has in common with Moses. Writing on stone, right? Am I right? (laughs) That was good. Yeah, but it's sad that when they get
2: 19 carries combined, that's impressive considering they would get, you know, four and five combined uh, or, you know, each. In most other weeks, the run was working. Holes were there. It helps when Javante is making yards on his own, falling forward, breaking first contact, breaking second contact. I just wish Pat would commit to the run and stay with the run because it will pay off. Melvin and Javante can both be 1,000-yard rushers. I don't expect them to be in the Broncos system with some of the other players around them, but that's their potential. And when they're limited to 10-9 carries a game, it just it, it falls so short of that ceiling.
1: Claude, appreciate you, bro. Also, we appreciated you being there for Kelberman's Corner today at halftime, which, hey guys, this is good reason for you to become supporters of Mile High Huddle on Facebook, because Kelberman's Corner, I know some of you have been missing our, this year we have not been doing the Huddle Up podcast halftime streams. Because the plan all along was to start doing Kelberman's Corner as the halftime stream. And that began today, and it's going to be each and every week moving forward. So go become a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. At the very top of the page, there's a blue button. Become a supporter. Click that. It's 5 bucks a month. You get access to Kelberman's Corner. You get access to the Trickle Zone every Monday at 1 p.m. Mountain, plus Broncos Book Club and some other stuff that we are cooking up that's going to involve some of the other podcast hosts for our paying supporters only. Uh, Claude says, love our running backs. The O-line needs to play better. It's fun watching our offense sustain drives. I know, right? It's like the little things in life that you realize that you missed but didn't know you were missing. We feel you. Westside Philly, what's good, buddy? He says, Noah seems disgruntled and unhappy with the amount of targets he gets. His effort is very low. He played more enthusiastic uh, with Locke. Maybe true. I think they maybe have more in common not only the, because they came in together, the same draft class, right? Yeah, 2019. Um, there might be something to that, but yeah, Zach, real quick, let's take a look at Noah Fant's stat line. Four targets, two catches, eight yards. Come on, dude. Come on. Well, I mean, in 2019, for the most part, Noah Fant was king, I'm not going to say the
2: word, king crap, you know, the the big, the big muckamuck at, at tight end in Denver. Last year, Albert O came into the picture, and then he got hurt. And then it was Noah Fant being the the big fish in the small pond once again. Now it seems like they're both, he's a minnow, Noah Fant. He's a very, very small being in an extremely big pond. And it seems like the bigger fish right now is Albert O. But when you're first round tight end, a potential perennial pro bowler has two catches for, what'd you say, eight yards? Eight yards, four yards a catch. I mean, it might be his attitude. It might be the Broncos not trusting him because of the penalties, but you've got to find a way to get, get the ball in his hand, especially in the red zone or on third down, short yardage
1: opportunities, two catches for eight yards. That's unacceptable. Nash, what's going on, buddy? Appreciate you being with us. He says, 32 years of being a Broncos fan. I've never wanted them to lose so bad. I'm sick of watching this dumb coaching staff, even though we won. Still, fire Shermer. Hey, man you're 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 preaching to the priests we're with you on that
2: trust you you know a fan base i don't want to speak you know and, and, and make generalizations but you know a fan base is kind of checking out or totally done when even in a win they
1: still wish the broncos lost I, it's 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 crazy uh before we grab dennis i just want to shout out really quick the stream jumped him so i can't flash his super but ivan jose talavera down in Mexico, jumping in with a very generous super chat. So, thank you, Ivan. Appreciate you. Another example of Broncos country. Hey, it's not a geographic location, it's a state of being. It's wherever you are. And Ivan is down in Mexico, supporting the cause, rooting on the Broncos. Welcome. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, oh, here we go. Fant is trying to block the best offensive or outside linebacker or defensive end. The OC has killed him. Poorly used, according to his talent. That's part of it, no doubt. And that's what I was saying earlier: is you know there are uh, extenuating factors here that you can point to, but let's not completely uh, you know absolve Noah Fant of all responsibility right. for what has been an extremely lackluster for or third year, third year, pardon. I agree,
2: and uh, it's the same point I was going to rehash. But some of y'all make funny comments, like this one right here, third and one, Shermer calls for a throw four yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's not even a joke. That's the reality of it. Uh, Pillar, Pillar, PG gifted, that's who Pat Shermer is, and they literally go backwards. It's not a figurative term when it comes to the Broncos taking a step backwards. They literally go
1: backwards, and it's just so maddening to watch. Um, Also got a shout out here, one of our longtime Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstars, George Vandermark, who I'm sorry, George, the chat jumped you, but I'm still going to read your comment and I'm still going to shout you out and your awesome daughter, uh, Jasmine. So hope you're doing well, bro. He says between work, crazy hours at work and this Broncos team, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Yeah, I feel like I'm, it's Groundhog Day. That's what I feel like. If we're talking about, you know, movies and television shows relative to this team, I feel like I'm on Groundhog Day. Nothing changes. It's the same year in, year out. Uh, the Queen, what's going on, Christy? Thank you so much. She just not only bolstered her top five, but she probably, she may have jumped a spot or so with this very generous super chat. And she says a win is a win. Still 99 problems. But <laughs> a win ain't one. Eight, one. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Well said, Christy. Thank you so
2: much. The God queen. Love you, Christy. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's true. The Broncos, they have 99 problems, but at least today a win ain't one. And it, You know, that's the point that I feel like a lot of Broncos fans are making and the point that we're making, Chad. They might have won and the record might show it's a victory. They might be four and four, but so many problems still remain. And all it's going to do is just buy the culprits of those problems more time and delay the inevitable as far as
1: I'm concerned. That's right. One win. Does not absolve Vic, Pat, and this coaching staff of its complicity in the carnage. The Duchess jumping in again. The royalty all here. She's saying going to sacrifice a chicken tonight for a better and likable coaches and a quarterback. Hope the gods will be pleased. Yes, indeed. That reminds me of our little run-in with Steve Outwater at the combine. Zach, <laughs> yeah. sacrifice a what now? Yeah, he, what of, a what a great guy. You guys have heard me tell that story on the show before, but yes, Michaela, we feel you whatever works, right? We got to communicate to those football gods in hopes that they will, you know, take pity on the Denver Broncos and answer our collective prayer here. So a chicken or two. Here, here's a, here's a wild concept though. How about the Broncos
2: just play good football and win? We don't have to sacrifice chickens. We don't have to pray. We don't have to hit our knees. How about the Broncos just play good football and coach
1: good football? Crazy concept. True. True. Westside Side Philly again. Thank you, buddy. That's number two for you tonight. He says, and the fake jet sweep is horrendous. They do it at least five times a game. Comically, terrible. Yeah, dude. He's uh, Pat Shermer is out of ideas, guys. Let's face it, <laughs> right? Like he's like flipping through. He's like, wait a minute. Isn't there more pages? Oh, shoot. Nope. That's all it. right. Let's run the jet sweep fake again. <laughs> Elliot D. What's going on, Elliot? Appreciate you. Welcome. Also, I don't recognize you on super chat, so appreciate you. Welcome brought my family out from Arizona to watch the game So glad we got to see Peyton Manning also glad we got the win yeah that's very special that you got to see that because you know the the uh, video clip that they played during that period uh very very cool so that's a special moment and especially if maybe you were able to catch some of the games in person when Peyton was running things in Denver but uh, if you weren't that's about the next best you know, consolation prize that you can get is being there for his induction into the ring.
2: They, you know, they let down Mike Shanahan tragically. I'm so happy they didn't let down Peyton Manning, who is, uh, you know, obviously there in person. There's a great shot, I think, on the Broncos Twitter account where he's looking at his immortalization in just surreal disbelief. And for a legend like Peyton Manning coming back to Denver after where he started with the Colts and everyone still thinks he has investment there. no. Peyton Manning is a Bronco through and through. And I think today cemented that.
1: And I'm so happy the Broncos, if anything else, this one's for Peyton. Love it. Seth Harmon, and then I'm going to grab one from Todd Ostendorf. He's, here's Seth, though. And thank you, buddy. That's number two for you tonight as well. He says Washington came out attacking the new middle linebacking core and they held up. Is Kenny Young a piece the Broncos could pair with Jewel or Johnson yeah, in the future? I think yes, so. absolutely. I I still think. You know, when when Jewel went down, it was a great opportunity for AJ to make sure he locks down that second contract with the Broncos. But then they he went down too. I still think one of those guys ends up getting um, unfortunately, not a market fair deal per se, more of like a team-friendly type deal to come back, even if it's a one-year prove it, one of those guys will be starting for the Denver Broncos in twenty twenty-two. And yes, absolutely, Kenny Young is a guy who that's why what we were telling you last week when the trade was made was, hey, guys, like this helps now and it helps later. So this this was a good move, especially for what you had to give up to get Kenny Young. Very good. Uh, Todd Ostendorf. See, this is what I mean, guys. He, here he is saying, I did my part. I hit the like. Do yours and like the show. Got to support these guys. Look, you, each and every one of you that are in the chat, that are watching, that are listening after the fact, you are Mile High Huddle. We just work here. This ownership that you guys take of the show, we love it. And it just makes us so proud and grateful that uh, we have you to talk to uh, four times a week, at least for Zach and I.
2: Well, in terms of Kenny Young, uh, protect his pectorals at all costs, Chad, because the Broncos lost Josie (laughs) and AJ to both those injuries. So I hope he stays healthy. A lot would depend on who the next coordinator would be, the next head coach, because right now he's a Fangio player, but I think he has long-term potential. One thing to keep in mind, you mentioned AJ and Josie are both free agents. So is Kenny Young after the season. So you have to wonder which of those three, maybe two, maybe two of those guys, but which one at the minimum is going to get the contract. That's
1: going to be an off-season storyline to of monitor. Huero Vidal. Huero. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, let's not forget almost blowing the game with two fumbles and a boneheaded incompletion while we were up with 30 seconds. That's what we mean by like this team straight up, you know, forgot how to win. And sometimes you can see a team go through that learning process of figuring out how to do it. All we can hope is that, Hey, you won. It was ugly, but the most important thing is that you did win ugly. So what can you do to build on that? What kind of confidence can that give you? And Zach, to your point, Peyton Manning during the radio broadcast made appearances, kept talking about when, you know, as far as the Broncos, we, right. Assuming the uh, collective, assuming a part of, I'm still Broncos, I'm still Denver. And, you know, he does do all the song and dance when the Colts need him to, when they need their, you know, uh, their alumni nights and all that stuff. He flies out, he takes care of business, but you can tell not just because he's continued to hang his hat in Denver and raise his kids in Colorado, but. You can tell that maybe it's a recency bias. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, the way I was going to say, you know, he wasn't fired in the same way that the Colts fired him. But in a sense, there were some rocky moments there between he and John Elway, especially in 2015, where John's like, hey, look, dude, take a pay cut. Uh, he wanted to cut him down to, what was it, $10 million? Um Yeah, he wanted to cut his $19 million salary to $10 million. And, of course, his agent was like, yeah, right, John. But they ultimately settled on, Fifteen million, and that four million he for, he he forwent. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, he was allowed to make back in escalators, and you could get it all back if he won the Super Bowl. And gosh darn it, that's what he did. Well, I just know that with a Peyton Manning
2: led offense, they wouldn't have two fumbles and an incompletion while they're trying to ice out a game and, and preserve victory. So they have to learn how to win this current Broncos team, led by Teddy Bridgewater, led by Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. Hopefully, and this is me being totally optimistic and and forthright, hopefully this is something to build on and and momentum pushing forward, but they have to play a lot better going next week, the week after, coming out of
1: their bye, or else they're not going to have many wins left on the schedule. Um, I'm just taking a look on the back end because we're about out of time here to see if we might've missed anybody on super chat. So let me just take a look here. We got Corey swag. Dennis woods wanted to know if there, if there's any info on the Bulls injury. Now guys, as you know, one of the downsides to us going live immediately after the game is we can't be in there for the press conferences. So we have to send that off to you guys. Let us know in the chat, what Twitter is saying, if anything about uh, the Bulls injury, it didn't look to me like it was too serious. Zach, Well, no, and remember, was it his rookie year
2: when he was carted off with an ankle injury and he practiced the next day? I mean, one thing about Garrett Bowles, he's super tough. He really is, and he's reliable. So I'd be surprised if he didn't play. I saw something in the comments that he's had a few weeks, but I haven't verified that, and we haven't heard that from
1: a source or a report. If it was said by one of the—if Vic said that, let us know. Joe, thank you for the stars, bro. You the man. You the man. That's very generous of you. And look who it is right before we're about to sign off, the God King Mark from Georgia, jumping in with a super chat to say, what's up, my guys? Hashtag go Braves. Right now Scott's going, yes, uh uh-huh. Travis Weber's going, yes, uh uh-huh. Go Braves. Go Dogs, Go Broncos. Hashtag and go Broncos and still suck. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, man. Guys, it's it's one of the most, it's one of the more unsatisfying Bronco victories in recent memory, but it's a victory. So hang your hat on that well mark the king god god king i'm sorry (laughs) he gets to
2: he gets he gets to watch a real team on saturdays in georgia i'm not a a huge overly huge college football guy but they look like the truth so i'm happy that you're rocking with them mark for
1: your sake at least let's grab this from travis and then zach you do the rundown and i'll show everybody how we finished on uh, facebook stars for the night but travis thank you buddy and we are hey why not I'll pull for your Braves. I like I, I told the story last week. I still have a little emotional soft spot for the Atlanta Braves. He says, happy Halloween, MHH, treating you to some more stars. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast and the time you put in. Mile high salute and go Broncos. You to man. Thanks, Travis. And by the way, my feelings were hurt here, Chad, by uh, Leaf,
2: Come on, Leaf. You want to sacrifice me for a real quarterback? How about I play quarterback? It can't be worse than
1: what we've seen in recent years. Yeah, send government in there. I'd like to see it. Running Damn. around, getting chased by Chase Young. <laughs> you know, Good times. Better than watching the game. Yeah, sign us off, bro. I'll pull up uh, yes, sir. Facebook. Yes, this was the Gut Reaction
2: Huddle Up Pod for this evening. Until we see you guys next time, which is tomorrow for the Aftermath Pod, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, injury updates, transactions, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a dad hat, get yourself a trucker hat, get yourself a coffee cup, get yourself so many great holiday gift items in that store, huddleupod.com. Also, Facebook.com. We teased this earlier. Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Instant access to our VIP content, including Kelperman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win a hat, a shirt, some swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things and take a few seconds, subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel
1: helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And on that topic, we will be doing the drawing for, uh, the October Apple podcast. So if you left a review for the show, five-star review in the month of October, your, your name's going in the hat. We're going to do the drawing tomorrow night to see who gets a little piece of MHH swag. So stay tuned for that. Um, Real quick shout out. Here's how we finish the, the finishers on Facebook Stars tonight. Josh Hoyle at the top, flexing out hard. Joe Spath right behind him. Andrew Lampy, Morgan Henry, Michael Ronquillo, Travis Weber, Chris Funkhauser. That's a cool name, man. I wish I I wish this was my name for real. That's a rad name, Chad Funkhauser. I could roll with that. I like that name, Chris. Randy Jones, Shane Daniels, James Grossman, Lawrence Rivera, Claude Riley, Colby C Collier. Howie Frickin' Day, Jason Spivey, or is it Speevy? Speevy, I'm going to say. Mike Reno, Dave Glassman, each and every one of you, thank you so much for the support. All of our Super Chat superstars, everybody on Twitch, everybody on Twitter, and as Zach said, we'll be back tomorrow night for the Aftermath podcast. And don't forget, tomorrow morning, Broncos for breakfast is now rolling on Monday mornings as well after the game, so stay tuned for that on the bright 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Take care,
2: guys, and as always, enjoy the win. But as always, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.